0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So we are still in the thick of free agency, and some stuff has happened, and some stuff hasn't happened. First, I just want to talk about how you, as a Warriors fan, can basically survive the free agency period. Now, if you're fine with everything or you're kind of tuned out to it all waiting to see where everyone lands and what the roster looks like, then you're good. You're great. But if you're not and you're on Twitter or you're reading stuff like Bleacher Report or any of these other aggregator sites or these sites that are just kind of taking any little quote and turning it into a story for clickbait, then I have some advice for you. Uh, one is, I mean, I should follow this advice because uh, I'm kind of bad at it. One is get off of Twitter. I'm not on Twitter very often, or at least Warriors Twitter, but sometimes when I do get on it, I just keep scrolling, scrolling, infinite scroll, reading about all this mumbo jumbo about Kevin Durant, maybe coming back to the Warriors or having there be interest in Kevin Durant from the Warriors side. And I think it was Mark Spears who I generally like him and his reporting, but you know, it just feels a little, I don't know. I I don't put much credence into it. Of course, if you are Bob Myers and he said this many times before, if someone is available You do your due diligence and you find out what it would take. I mean, would it take Andrew Wiggins and a few draft picks? Sure, right? But obviously that's not the case for the Nets. And he just wanted to see what the temperature was, perhaps. Or maybe they want to drive up the price for Kevin Durant wherever else he goes. The Warriors obviously have a ton of young guys and Andrew Wiggins who would be an enticing package for anyone. But I've said this, and I said this in the last episode, I definitely don't think the Warriors should trade for Kevin Durant. I think that would be really silly, to be honest. Reasons include, they just won a title without him. And why would you go back to that? Another reason is they want Lacob Kerr, Myers, whoever they want to have this long Warriors title contention window like the Spurs did. And if you get Kevin Durant, sure, you might win the next two in a row. But what happens after that? Right, Everybody is about the same age. They're in their early to mid 30s. So once they age out, again, you're going to be just as top heavy as you were before. A lot of the free agents are gone. And if you trade a bunch of guys to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have far fewer assets that anyone wants. So you might be looking at Alfonso McKinney and Quinn Cook again, if you know what I'm saying. So if you already won a title and you have this stable of young prospects, three high lottery picks, plus Jordan Poole, plus Rollins, Baldwin, and then guys like Looney and Wiggins who are more quote unquote middle aged for basketball players in that 26, 27, 28 range, right? So they're just hitting their primes. But why would you trade all of that knowing that you could keep this window open for another 10 years perhaps, right? Yes, there's a ton of unknowns. You don't know if James Wiseman, if his knee – will heal properly and if we'll get back on the court. You don't know if Kaminga will reach those levels that people expect he can reach, right? Kevin Durant, known quantity, but you invested in all these development coaches. Anyway, that's obviously my perspective and the perspective of a ton of my friends, (laughs) a ton of people that I know who are Warriors fans. And I say to folks who want Durant so they can just like have the best team And have it be no question that they're going to be the favorites. I mean, that's fine to win that way. I'll take a title, whatever. I'm not against that. But I've said this time and time again. I like homegrown talent. I like seeing the Warriors draft and build up these guys. I like seeing them grow up before my eyes. I like seeing their journey as opposed to just doing what a team like the Lakers does, which is like just you know sign free agents or trade for big names and all this stuff. Yes, it happens. Right. I was fine. I wasn't upset when the Warriors got KD far from it. Right. But I mean, back in 2016, of course, but you know, there's something about Kaminga, Wiseman, Poole, even Wiggins who wasn't one of our draftees, but we've seen his journey up until this point, him evolve to the player that he became in the NBA finals and then Moody. And then these other two guys that just drafted. So, I like that stuff. And if you disagree with me and you prefer, like, I just want to be a world beater and just annihilate the competition, then, hey, that's fine. You know, we disagree about how we watch basketball and how we are fans of our teams. All this KD stuff, like I said, it's due diligence, I'm sure, all this chatter. And then a lot of it is just, I mean, it's a boring time of the season right there are no games being played outside of summer league and those are only only interesting to real hoop heads like me like y'all who listen to the show and you know people who are watching intensely no one else watches those really right casual fans don't watch summer league games so how are you going to keep the media machine going right that's what happens in free agency it's all speculation it's all hope and disappointment from teams and you know you have media guys who are just trying to keep their fan base attuned to what they're talking about they're trying to chase clout all this stuff and i'm not pointing out like anyone like you know mark spears or anything like that i'm just talking in general so there's a lot of aggregation going on a lot of hypotheticals because that's what sports fans love to do. They love to just like, everything's hypothetical, right? The what ifs or, uh, hey, if we got this guy, then we're back in it. So to me, I think that it's good to just tune all this out. <laughs> and, you know, this is where speculation reigns supreme. So just take a deep breath, take a step back. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> That the Warriors are not going to move heaven and earth to get Kevin Durant. Now, if there's a play where it's like Wiggins, Moody, and a pick, then I can see them like being, well, maybe, right? If you keep Kaminga, you keep Wiseman, keep Poole. But I really, really, really doubt that. If anything, hey, if there's chatter that comes out that it's like, oh, the Nets want all the guys and the pick right? Or a couple picks, who knows? Then that just bumps it up. That's posturing for teams that are really willing to pay up. So I have no insider info on this, but just trust me, the Warriors are not going to trade for Kevin Durant, right? Sure. Maybe the players tossed it around a bit. Maybe they reached out to him. I don't know. I've read the same stuff you have, but it's just not. Really realistic beyond everything I've just talked about in terms of like wanting the long dynasty run, the long title window contention run. There's all that stuff about rehashing the past, right? Like going back to an X or something that, where you know, like we had our time and then it just didn't work out in the end. And then just going back to it because you look around like, well, maybe we do this again. Or, you know, it's, it, that's what it would feel like to me. It's so... I'm a big opponent. Again, thankful for KD. Still a fan of his for what he did for the Warriors. And I had no problem with him leaving the Warriors. He's a basketball nomad, plain and simple. He wasn't our guy to begin with. He came here. He saw what it was like. He wanted to experience this. It wasn't what he wanted. He got some stuff out of it. Maybe there was some stuff that he didn't get out of it that he thought he would. But he moved on. So, you know, people who say like, "Oh, it's against me and my team and I take it personally." Then that's your choice. You can, that's cool, right? Fandom comes in many different shapes and forms and degrees of positivity and negativity. So, you know, it is what it is. Getting back to the Warriors. So, I've already talked about how they didn't keep Gary Payton the 2nd, and I talked about that in the last episode. And it sucks. I would have loved to keep him. But I mean, you got to look at free agency and roster construction as a whole, right? This front office has made mistakes in the past. Every front office has. But they've also <laughs> nailed some things pretty well. They have so far nailed the two timeline thing, which I was all for. But a lot of people were against. And a lot of those people who were against it, they're they're up in arms because... The Warriors didn't keep Gary Payton. They didn't match the Portland Trailblazers offer of, I believe, $28 million for three years. So, I mean, that's fine if, if you're bummed about that. I'm bummed about that. I was a big fan of Gary Payton II. I really loved his game, the way it fit with Steph, the way it fit with the rest of the Warriors, how he gave you so much athleticism from the dunker spot and just that defensive point of attack guy. But for those people up in arms saying like, you know, of is cheap or these guys are screwing it up or I give them an F for the off season, you know, calm down, you know, really, you know, like let's see when the dust settles and what this roster looks like. If it's terrible, then, you know, criticize them. You know, you could dislike a move, but like get out of your feelings on things. Right. Because there's, other guys who can do what Gary Payton, the did. And I'm not dismissing his abilities. And I'm not saying like someone like uh Vincenzo. <laughs> I'm going to get his name, right. By the time the season starts, I'm not saying that he's exactly the same, but he's younger. He's cheaper. He's a better offensive player. He may not be as good of an on ball defender or have the crazy athleticism, but he's athletic and he can do other things. So, you know, when you think about Gary Payton and his role, you have to think about who else the Warriors have that can play defense on guys like John Morant, right? No one in the playoffs stopped John Morant, but you can throw Wiggins, you can throw Clay, you can throw Vincenzo, uh, you can throw Kaminga on him, right? Like people who say that Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, the rookies, they didn't do anything in the playoffs. Some of these folks are the same ones who were just all over them during the regular season. They have short memories. Guys improve. (laughs) You know, guys can get better. And if you don't give them a chance, then they're not going to. And these guys experienced and saw what it was like to be in the finals, to see how much work you have to put in to get there. So if you're not giving them that chance, then I I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully you can sleep at night, right? That being said, listen, I don't care <laughs> about how much money Joe Lacob has or how they're making money hand over fist at Chase Center now that they can have events and have fans there. I don't I don't care about that, right? Like regardless, like the Warriors Myers, they he's given parameters and he's working with those parameters. Whether or not you like them, that's that's up to you. But don't go ranting and raving about you know billionaires doing this. That this is trust me, there's a lot of class issues in the world, but I do not care to talk about billionaires versus fans in the NBA. Joe Lacob is a is an excellent owner, right? Like I don't really know him. <laughs> I don't know him at all. But like to go off and say that he's cheap. The dude is is paying out the nose. You know, and he kept doing it. And he was always willing. He paid Kelly Oubre Jr. He went to the tax for him just to see if the Warriors could be competitive in that lost 2020 2021 year, right? So to say that they're being cheap, like that's a ridiculous criticism. You have to understand, and I'm not saying like, oh, uh, I, I don't care about how much money Lakeum keeps, right? You have to understand, like, you work with these parameters. I think it's it's funny because you'll see people say, oh, Gary Payton, you know, they were they they were cheap, you know, and then they'll sign defensive say, Oh, I like this one. Oh, we did a great job. So, like, just chill. <laughs> There's a method to the madness, and if it doesn't work out, then. Come at that. Think about Gary Payton the second. Again, I'm not knocking him at all, but three years, he'll be 33. Do you want to develop some of these young guys? Do you want to get somebody like DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo, or you know, do you want to keep Gary Payton? That's fine. Either one would have been fine for me, Gary Payton over uh, DiVincenzo, right? But there's clearly a way that they're working here. And if you're not going to cut them some slack, the front office, then I mean, I don't I don't know how you make a decision on what to eat every day. Sorry, that's kind of a rant, but I've just seen a lot of chatter that is really, really strange. I don't wave the flag for Joe Lacob and stuff like that, but I'm happy that he's brought us four championships. I know what Chris Cohan was like, and some people are just myopic as hell in terms of their reactions to these things. And I think they should just take a step back and be like, yo. Let me see what happens after the fact, and then we'll go from there. They're only looking at each and every move, and it's just like knee-jerk, knee-jerk, knee-jerk. I mean, there's people out there who adamantly prefer Davion Mitchell over Jonathan Kaminga, and now they sing Jonathan Kaminga's praises and then knock the front office. I have no attachment to the front office, but it just doesn't make a lick of sense. And One more thing, teams evolve. You know, these are living beasts, these teams, right? They're living organisms. And I enjoy seeing how they evolve, how they grow, how they develop. So if not having Gary Payton II is part of the plan, you know, or not paying him a certain amount is part of the plan, setting a limit on that, then so be it, right? These guys, the front office, they've brought us four titles and nothing they did in the two titles that the Warriors came up short on that they lost, nothing they did, the front office caused that, right? And even in the two lost years from 2019 to 2021, they tried to win within reason, right? There was only so much that they could do without blowing it all up because they knew, like I would say too, that it was about this past season when Clay gets back when Draymond and Steph and Clay can all play together, right? So they were right and they're not perfect. They will make mistakes and we will call them out when they make mistakes. We all will, all fans, but cut them some slack and and look at what the plan might be and then wait to see how it turns out. I mean, and if you think about it, the Warriors still have their championship core and their young guys. These are the guys that matter the most they'll be fine. They're making moves. That's it. They're going to be okay. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major actions for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I'm looking forward to all those Giants-Dodgers matchups because it's just one of the best rivalries in sports. So we'll see what the odds are for those. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The Warriors also re-signed Kavon Looney for much cheaper than we all thought they would. And that's... You know, I'm I'm super happy that he re-signed. I kind of (laughs) wish he got more money because he works so hard. But I'm glad that he's back with the Warriors. He was, and I've said this before, he was the critical piece for the Warriors to re-sign out of all their free agents because the center position was and is the biggest question mark with James Wiseman being hurt. And also when he's healthy, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. He still needs to develop some in terms of his game, in terms of seeing pictures and all that jazz. So Looney and what he can bring and what he brought in the finals throughout the playoffs, that was important, right? Much harder to replace than anyone else. And then Otto Porter Jr. signed with Toronto. That is not a surprise. He came here to the Warriors to rehab his career, you know, his reputation and get some minutes played for the minimum in order to get a better contract. So all the stuff about like, I love playing here. I'm sure he meant it, but The writing was on the wall. He plays a position also that Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga need minutes in. While I really want to vet on this roster like him, signing him, Otto Porter Jr., to any more money longer term would just take time from those young guys. So I totally get it. And plus, like, he's been injury-free for a season. The Warriors were able to save him up, sit him, rest him. He had a pretty minor role on the team because he wasn't even playing every game. And again, not a knock, but that's just a reality. And that's a way that he was able probably to stay healthier than he would have in the past. So if he's playing for Toronto, they'll probably, that's a smart organization. So they'll probably be just as cautious with him. Other teams though, like, you know, maybe he breaks down. Maybe they expect more from him if they pay him more. So I think... That move makes sense. Otto Porter Jr., very thankful for that dude. And uh, I, you know, I hope he does well when he doesn't play against Golden State. Nemanja Bialica, he went back to Turkey where he played before. And I think that's great. Hopefully, he's getting more money. It was clear that Warriors were going to sign him to a minimum or going to offer him the minimum. Yeah. And other teams probably didn't offer him anything better. So he went back, got his ring went back to Turkey and um, you know, um good on him. At this point, like I said, I would love to see the Warriors sign a vet in the regular season, just having that guy, just another vet on the bench, especially since you're bringing in two more 19-year-olds. Actually, I think Rollins just turned 20. So maybe 19, 20-year-olds to add to the other young guys, then it would just be good to have that other vet. And also remains to be seen whether or not Andre Godala will re-sign for the minimum, again, he's probably waiting to see what the roster construction is like. And, you know, he's probably being coy, just waiting till the very last moment to really make his decision or at least make it known. But as I've said before on this show, I would love to have Andre back. I think he just brings so much to everybody in the organization, the vets, the coaching staff, uh, probably the front office too, and the young guys. Where it's critically, critically important to have somebody that can show them the ropes and show them how to be a vet and like get in their ears. Anyway, that's all I got for now. And I apologize if this is too ranty or whatnot, but I think I've just been reading so much weird negative stuff. And like I said earlier, too, maybe I should just listen to my own advice and just get off of social media, get off, like delete these apps and just not tune into any of these uh, rantings of, uh, of madmen out there. And some quick thoughts on the Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota. I appreciate the fact that the Timberwolves and their new uh, president or GM or whatever, Connolly, that he's going for it. Uh, I, I think after marinating on it for a bit, it's like, that's a lot to give up for Rudy Gobert who can get played off the court in the playoffs. And especially with both him and Carl Anthony Towns not being the quickest afoot, so if you play both those guys and one of them draw them out to the perimeter, draw both of them out, they're going to be tough to have out there on on defense. To be honest, they're going to get worked in the pick and roll, and just you know getting blown by all the time. And then the Wolves gave up a lot. They gave up a lot. They gave up a lot of picks. And it's interesting because it's, this is almost like. The Herschel Walker trade, if you want to use a Minnesota analogy, right? The Vikings, they gave up a ton of future picks to the Dallas Cowboys for Herschel Walker. And Herschel Walker was like, okay, right? But he didn't bring the Vikings anywhere. And then the Cowboys used those picks to get, I believe, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. But regardless, they used those picks to build up their team and win three Super Bowls. This play is a very risky one for the Wolves, but I get it. You got to go for it, but it's also the new owners and this new guy. And it's like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's make a splash. And it feels like one of those things, this reminds me a little bit too, of when Stan Van Gundy became the coach and GM or president or whatever. He had some front office title too with the Pistons. Thank God he didn't come to the Warriors instead. But he traded a bunch of stuff to get Blake Griffin because he wanted results now. And in that kind of situation, it's like if it doesn't work out, then you get fired. And then the team and the fans are left in shambles with no draft picks, bad contracts, injured veterans, and all that stuff. So that's what this feels like if they get – Far in the playoffs, if they get to the Western Conference Finals, if somehow they can, in the next few years, win a title, good for them. But also, Rudy Gobert, he's 30. So, you know, is your window two years, three years? Is Anthony Edwards going to get up to speed? Is Carl Anthony Towns going to improve? He hasn't proven to be that guy in the moment, although he tries to act like it. Can he be that? And then also you have to move D'Angelo Russell. But anyway, those are just some random thoughts I had over the weekend. And uh, I look forward to seeing the Wolves play because I find them really entertaining. One of my favorite teams to watch, to be honest. So we'll see. I don't think they're obviously better than the Warriors. Although I do like the Kyle Anderson signing uh, because that takes him away from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, So I appreciate that. But I also think it's good for Minnesota. He's a good guy off the bench and he can do a lot of different things. So, And he's a vet. Anyway, this has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash OaklandWarriors. Check out our website, OaklandWarriors.com and be sure, please, to tell your Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and say nice stuff about us in a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely appreciated and helpful. Thanks for listening, and that's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.